Alright, We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. Okay, so just to recap very briefly, uh, last time in completing Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, we, we spoke first of the pathway with which to develop a relationship. Wait, do we fin- I don't know if we finished Bismillah ar-Rahim, but we spoke of developing the, uh, the pathway with which to develop a relationship with Allah is by way of getting to know his names. That's essentially a first step, getting to know his names and his attributes. And then his names and attributes are tend to be either objective or subjective, objective in telling us who Allah is, so to speak, in a vacuum, subjective in the sense of who is Allah to us. And then we spoke about the idea of the ilah, that when we say la ilaha, there is no ilah but Allah, we gave some definitions for what is an ilah, whatever it is you rely upon above all else, to take you from danger to safety, confusion to clarity, despair to hope, comfort, uh, whatever it is you worship. And then we spoke about the, the concept of, of worship, giving your most extreme love. Did we get to Rahma last time? Okay. I think, I think I just a little bit, but not entirely. Okay. Well, we can we can still uh, discuss some of his reviews. Not a problem. There's no, that's a lot here. Okay, so let's see if I can get this to work properly. So I'm at my sister's place, so I got to do different technology here. Let's see if I can figure out how to make this work. Um, All right, you see, do y'all see my OneNote on the screen? Okay. Let's do this. Okay, so when we speak of, of these other two names of Allah, we have Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim. And the common element here between the two is Rahma. And so when we're speaking of Rahma, Rahma itself as a word has two parts to it. One, oops, uh, one part of Rahma is, as you already know, mercy. And what is mercy? It's to give ease. Another part of Rahma, which is a part everyone forgets, is actually part of the meaning, is intimacy or closeness. And so what is the idea? The idea is that if I am giving you ease and you're recognizing that I'm giving you ease, you respond with gratitude, and then that creates a type of closeness. And so if Allah is giving you ease and you're recognizing that he is giving you ease, then uh, you respond with gratitude and that brings you closer to Allah. So what we're saying is that when Rahmah is being given, it is purposeful. When Rahmah is being given, the intention is not just to give ease to the recipient of the Rahmah, but also to bring the recipient closer to the mercy giver. 
That's what we're speaking about when we're speaking about Rahma. And so, so this is by way, oops. Sorry, computer illiteracy. This is by way of gratitude. by the recipient. Now, if we connect this back to the very, very first lesson, we said that the whole essence of the entirety of what we're calling Islam is connection. And so one way we spoke about having a connection with Allah is to get to know his names. And then that helps us get to, to get to know who is Allah. And then the first of the names to get to know is Allah, which is essentially the one we take as an ilah. So that's our core predominant connection. And then Allah's connection with us is by way of rahmah. And so once again, continuing the point of, of connection over and over again. And so then when we speak of ar-Rahman and ar-Rahim, The commentators say that when you see these two together, then <clears throat> Rahman is like rain or the sun. Rahim is like a mother to her child. And so what do we mean by Rahman? That when it rains, it rains on everybody. When uh, the sun is shining, it shines on everybody. Whether you are a believer, non-believer, whether you are upright, whether you are corrupt, everyone is getting an aspect of Allah's mercy. So that Allah is giving rahmah to everyone, even if they are not responding with gratitude. They might even reject Allah when they get more and more mercy. And then Rahim, being like a mother to her child, imagine you have a mother with a child, and she's also taking care of four other children. And she thoroughly loves all five children. She's not going to love the other four the way she loves her own child. And so this is specific mercy. And so this is for those who are those people who are a, well, I mean, this is two aspects of this one. The mercy that Allah Ta'ala is giving me is different than the mercy that Allah Ta'ala is giving each and every one of you. And so he has a unique relationship of Rahmah with me, which is in, which is different than the relationship of Rahmah he has with, with, with each of you and everyone else. And then on the other hand, Allah's Rahmah is different for those who are closer to him. The closer you are to him, then the more special the Rahmah becomes. Now let me figure out how to get out of the screen. All right. Okay, so back. So, so the idea basically here is that how do we develop a relationship with Allah? Step one, get to know his names. And then of the names, first Allah and understand what that means. So when we're saying la ilaha illallah, there is no ilaha but Allah. On the one hand, it's the declaration of faith, as you know, or the first half of the declaration of faith. On the other hand, it's an aspiration that I want to reach the point where I truly take Allah 
is my only Allah. And then the second two attributes are Rahman and Rahim, um, which are emphasizing what is Allah's dominant relationship with me. And that is one of the exercises of mercy. So that's the Basmullah, that's Bismillah Rahman Rahim. And as we said, the better I know that, then the better I know the essence of Al-Fatiha. The more thoroughly I know Al-Fatiha, the more the better I understand the essence of the entire Quran itself. So now, if we take this to its full conclusion, uh, and this is easier to understand theologically, more difficult to understand in practice, we're saying every single thing that happens to me is a manifestation of Allah's Rahmah. Everything, including suffering. So, so in terms of your human experience, let's go back to this. Sorry, I'm clunky with the technology. In terms of the human experience, and I was like, I start with a really cool sentence and then I have to pause it because I forget how the technology works. Um, share a screen. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, that didn't really seem to work. Okay, uh, you all see my uh, uh, my notebook, my uh, one note now. Uh, say your say yes or no. Is that see your faces? Yeah, we can see it. Okay, cool. All right. Okay, so. Allah's interaction with us. We said that every single thing that Allah makes happen to us is an actual manifestation of his rahmah, including suffering. But before getting into that, Let's talk about all the different types of reaction of interaction that Allah has with us. Or we can define this two ways. These are the tests Allah gives to us, or these are the doors Allah gives to us. And sometimes we appreciate some things as tests and other things as doors. But the point is that a lot of times when we are experiencing some difficulty in life, we'll say it's a test, it's a test. But we never talk about how to pass a test. And so the test is often speaking in the context of the day of judgment. The doors, this is how to get closer to Allah now. But they're the same thing. And so Allah Ta'ala gives us five doors or five tests. Every experience in your life is one or more of these five. All of them. And you can go through more than one all at the same time. So not in any particular order. One type of test or one type of door is when he gives us an obligation. So make your five prayers. Uh, fast in Ramadan. Speak the truth. Keep your promises. Take care of your family. Take care of your neighbor. Whatever obligation he puts upon us. And then let's do multicolor. And so how do you pass? You pass by obeying. Do we talk about this? Is this all new? Again, I can't see your faces, so say yes or no. Yeah, this is new. Okay, good. Okay. 
So you pass by obeying. High pass, that's hard to see. How do you get a high pass or a better grade? Let's do the pink. High pass is you obey and you think well of Allah. Now, what does that mean? It means that commonly, if we're being honest with ourselves, when we think of the obligations that Allah puts upon us, more often than not, we see them as burdens or we see them as struggles. And if we think well of Allah, we want to start seeing them as favors. Easier said than done. Easy in concept, harder in practice. And so, and so how do I pass the test of fulfilling an obligation? I obey. But how do we do a high pass by, by obeying and thinking well of Allah? So, a second type of test is the test of ease. Ease includes prosperity. Ease includes lack of want. Those are both ways to look at ease. And then how do I pass this test? This is easy. I pass this test with gratitude. How do I high pass? Same thing. The high pass is going to be the same for all of these. It's, it's whatever the pass is. So in this case, gratitude, but think well of Allah. How does that apply here? We might say, well, it's easy to think well of Allah if uh, Allah's giving me ease. <coughs> the, uh, uh, it's easy to fall into the trap of when you have ease or prosperity of thinking that it is primarily the result of your effort. And thus, it is easy to think of ease as something you are entitled to. Uh, but every person in the world, your ease includes, if we remove Allah from the equation, it includes some amount of luck. So I don't know if you've ever studied like the philosophy of John Rawls. He talks a lot about justice and such. One thing that no one has control over, which is one of the biggest factors in worldly success, is what family were you born into. And so if you're born into family A, you automatically have all kinds of advances and benefits that the person who's born into family B does not. And then in my work, in chaplaincy work, I especially see this, those who are coming from, from uh, much higher levels of prosperity uh, are coming in much more with more resources that they've had as they were growing up, uh, have much more confidence and empowerment than those that are coming from, from lower income. So imagine you have the child of two doctors versus the child of, of someone who's an Uber driver. And both of them are in the same class, but the one who is coming with so much more prosperity probably had tutors, probably has their own bedroom. So in, um, in COVID, they had no issues in terms of just being in class, whereas the one who's the child of the Uber driver uh, is in an apartment sharing a bedroom with three other siblings, has no space for Wi-Fi, if they even have a reliable Wi-Fi connection. And so, so the point we all understand this is that 
Uh, there are elements that are beyond your control, which in this worldly life we might call luck. Or just think of it from another perspective, four people with the exact same credentials are applying for the same job. And it just happens that the boss notices this one resume or this one application um, before noticing the other ones and then hires a position, even though they might be otherwise identical. And so thus, uh, even with gratitude, you are thinking well of, of Allah. Then we have difficulty. So with difficulty, the high pass or the pass is to persevere. So this is sabr. And so sabr is in Urdu, it's to be patient. In, sorry, I don't know why it's taking so long to print the screen. Sabr in Arabic is more like fortitude or persistence. And so part of the idea here is that if I'm being hit with difficulty, uh, it's obviously difficult. It's obviously a struggle. It's something I wish I would not have to deal with. It might be painful physically. It'll be painful emotionally. But I know that I can handle it. I know that I can get through. And likewise, a high pass is the same thing. Think well of Allah. Now, what does that mean in terms of difficulty? Uh, one is I'm thinking if I see this as a mercy, I'm thinking this car accident, for example, was horribly bad. I don't know how I'm going to address all these things, you know, whether it's the cost, the, the healing, whatever else. But alhamdulillah, it could have been so much worse. And so, so the point here is that with difficulty, uh, with ease, it's easy to think, fall into the trap of, I'm entitled to this. With difficulty, it's easy to fall into the trap of, why me? Why is this happening to me? When is this, When am I going to start having some ease in my life? And the point is that you want to reframe your understanding of the difficulty by thinking, okay, yeah, this is horribly bad. You're still acknowledging how tough the difficulty is, but it could have been worse. And so, so far, what do we have? Obligation, ease, difficulty. A fourth struggle is difficult decisions. This is when you have to make a tough decision of life. It may be that all your choices are good. For example, periodically, I'll have students that go through anxiety because they've gotten into two elite grad schools and they're trying to figure out which way to go. So I, I'm remembering a student who got into both Harvard and University of Chicago and was going through serious anxiety about which school to go to. And I had to convince that person, okay, you're choosing between Alexis and an Acura here. Yeah, this, is, uh, these are, this is a good problem to have. But it could be a difficult decision is, is where you have all bad choices. So let's say you have an end-of-life scenario with about a loved one. Do you pull the plug or not? Yeah. And the physicians are saying it's it's uh, it's over, and and so how do you pass this test? You decide. You make the best decision you can. 
Now for all of these different doors or all of these different tests, we do have multiple prayers. So for example, for the test of obligation, a simple prayer, which is also the test, which is also the prayer for dealing with debt, that's a separate point, is, oh Allah, make easy for me what is halal and make hard for me what is haram. Simple prayer for uh, fulfilling your obligations. And then for the test of ease, this is in Surah 46, Ayah 15, Surah Al-Ahqaf, Surah 46, Ayah 15, which is, uh, my Lord, guide me to be grateful for what you bestowed upon me and upon my parents. And guide me to, to work your service, so forth and so on. The test of difficulty, or the doorway of difficulty, this is the prayer of Moses. This is in Surah Al-Qasas, Ayah 24. And this is when Moses is on the run after the, the people of the Pharaoh are going after him. And he is eating leaves, uh, emaciated. And then he sees some girls who are struggling to bring their sheep to the water. And so he helps them. And then after that, he makes his prayer to Allah. And it's sort of like the prayer of being at rock bottom, which is simply, my Lord, I'm in need of any good you, hand up, you, you uh, can give me. My Lord, I'm in need of any good you can give me. And then you're probably familiar with uh, the, the prayer for when you have to make a difficult decision. This is istikhara. Now, the simple content of istikhara is uh, is if this is best for me, make it happen. If not, don't let it happen. Now, keep in mind, we often speak of istikhara in the context of, okay, should I marry this person or not? Now, we pray istikhara uh, for marriage as though, am I going to have, have a happy marriage? But that's not what you're asking for in istikhara. You're asking, is this best for me? AKA, is this best for me in my relationship with Allah? So it may be that when you are doing istikhara and istikhara says yes, it may be that you're going to have a happy marriage and that's what you need to get closer to Allah. Or it may be you're going to have a tumultuous marriage and that's, what going to, that's what's going to compel you to turn to Allah. And I'm sure it probably completely shattered your, your view of istikhara, but the point is, that's what you're actually asking for in Issachara. And so how do you pass the test of a difficult decision? You make the best decision you can. How do you, how do, you do a high pass? Again, you think well of Allah, that Allah is not going to let me go astray. And it's possible that your decision is still a mistake. It's still possible that you made the wrong decision. And so all of this then leads to the fourth test, or the fifth test, I mean, which is for all the times I've fallen short on the first four, and that is the test or the doorway to forgiveness. And so how do I pass the bare minimum of passing the test of forgiveness is to ask. This is the absolute bare minimum. Again, high pass is to have the conviction that Allah is not abandoning me. So think well of Allah. 
Now, you're all probably familiar with the fact that there is a test of sincerity. And so the test of sincerity, when I ask for forgiveness, is a three-part test. The first test is, do I stop doing this action? So let's say I'm a kleptomaniac, I can't stop stealing. Okay. Every time I go uh, to the store, I have to steal something. First test is, do I stop doing it? Second test, do I regard the action as wrong? Third test is, do I hate to go back to it? If I can say yes to all three of those, that means my request is sincere. Now, if I can't say yes to all three of those, do I still ask for forgiveness? Yeah, absolutely. But it means that there's a weakness somewhere in my request. If I don't regard, if I don't stop the action, okay, then it means I need more training, which is what we call darbia or tazkia, which is sort of like therapy, right? Why do I keep stealing? Uh, do I regard the action as wrong? Uh, if I don't truly regard the action as wrong, then I need more knowledge. Now, do I hate to go back to it? This is the thing you often find with, with recovering addicts, is they want to go back to it, either because of the joy that the drug gave them, aside from the, the suffering it gave them when they were going through withdrawal, as well as the community of addicts, they want to often go back to that. And if so, if you do not hate to go back to the action, then you need more knowledge to understand why it was destructive and you need more training to help break your attachment. So, but that's just the, the test of myself. Am I sincere in my request? But as a doorway to get closer to Allah, I ask. And so even the word Toba, when we're speaking of Toba, Toba basically means you're turning. So Toba is me saying, okay, I've kind of gone off the path, I've gone off the rails, and now I'm focusing back on you, Ya Allah. Okay. So thus we have five doorways, five tests, meaning what? At this moment in your life, you're going through one or more of these five tests. I'm going through one or more of these five tests. And uh, I mean, I'll give you different, different examples. Uh, uh, like uh, imagine... One test is right now just appreciating the comfort of, of the room that you're in. Okay. Another test is maybe uh, you have to fulfill some obligation you have to somebody. Another test is maybe you have a loved one who's sick. Okay. And so you can be going through all three of these at the exact same time. Okay. And then each of these different uh, tests has a way to pass. When we use the language of test, again, we're saying Allah is hitting you with this as part of the design of dunya. And then he's going to hold you to account on the day of judgment. When we use the language of doorway, we're saying your whole existence is Allah is putting things upon you by design to bring you closer to him by way of these doorways. And it's up to you whether or not you walk through the doorway. Okay. Now, having said all that, we're actually saying all of these doorways are manifestations of Allah's mercy. So when he's giving you obligations, he's giving you a very direct way to get closer to him. When he's giving you ease, then that's easy to understand as a doorway to get closer to Allah. 
Because a lot of times it's easier to get closer to a low when you're eased. When he's giving you suffering, even the most horrendous suffering, it's to compel you to get closer to him. Because all suffering, you also know, he's going to pay you back for on the day of judgment. So if it's a matter of injustice, you're going to be paid back for completely to your satisfaction. Or loved one dies, that a student whose brother died uh, suddenly while on vacation a couple of weeks ago, and we were having this exact conversation. And, and she's like, why him? Why take him away? But we also want to understand, and he died by drowning, which is one of the ways to become a Shaheed. And so if we're looking from the perspective of the big picture, he's going straight to paradise. Which again, is easy, conceptually hard when you're in the middle of grieving. And so the point is that even suffering is actually Rahma. Allah Ta'ala promises he doesn't hit you with any suffering, big or small, except that he drops away your sins in exchange. And that's not even getting to the question of, of justice and injustice and all of that. And so even struggle is a mercy from Allah. And then when you have to make difficult decisions and you feel like turning to Allah for help, bam, you've, you've gone to him. And then forgiveness, obviously, is mercy from Allah. And so thus we're saying at one level, every moment of your life, Allah is hitting you with something that is designed specifically for you to bring you closer to him. That's one of these five doors. And then at another level, all these five doors are actually manifestations of Allah's mercy. And so the person who is not rejecting, the person who is not believing in Allah or not sufficiently believing in Allah, they're also getting all of these, but they may not be actually walking through the door. Whereas someone who is getting closer to Allah, they're going to be here with more suffering. And so this is one of the, the processes of getting closer to Allah is that he is purifying and purifying and purifying you. And though it's, you see five people in the lineup, you're not going to be able to tell who's closest to Allah. But the one who is closest to Allah will probably also be having the most suffering in their lives too. As a process of completely purifying them so that when they face Allah, they have an absolutely clean slate. And so thus the Prophet says, peace be upon him, how wondrous is the experience of the true believer that when good happens to them, they're grateful. And when bad happens to them, they know that it is from Allah and thus they persevere through it. And so a high level would be to become even grateful for those things. But that's pretty deep, pretty advanced. All right, having said that, uh, anyone have any questions about anything? So that is Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim so we said, if you understand the Ba, the idea of connection, you understand the whole essence of the entire thing of Islam. Now, if you understand Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim you further understand the entire essence of Islam, which is this interaction with Allah Ta'ala. Okay, so next time we'll get into Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, and however far it goes. Alrighty, I'll tell us you all, Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك. Right. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you all for waking up on Christmas.